Hey folks, if you've seen any of the great merch we have lately, we've got Witch Police shirts, we've got bags, we've got more gear on the way. That's all made by our friends at Divine Shirt Company. Whether it's screen printing or embroidery, heat press vinyl or graphic design, Divine Shirts is the place to go for your band merch. They've been doing some of the best stuff from the best bands in Winnipeg and beyond. And if you're looking to get some merch made, head over to divineshirtcompany.ca or follow them on Instagram and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm uh, on this episode of the show. I have someone who's been on the show a few times before, but it's been a while. I was trying to think back to the last time that we talked on the podcast, and I think it might have been, uh, it was with JD, I think, which was uh, like oh, yeah. five years ago, maybe, maybe more. So it, it's been quite a long be. time. Yeah, yeah. So, so you've been involved in uh, the local music scene for years and years, and you have this deep catalog of work. And uh, it was exciting to see that you're putting out a lot of new music over the last little while. So I think the best way to sort of start this conversation off is if you want to introduce yourself and maybe just give a bit of background about what it is that you do as a musician. All right. Well, I'm just some guy, but I represent uh, a a super normal entity that uh, I unfortunately or fortunately uh, have to uh, continually devote my life to channeling, which is called the Smoky Smoky Tiger. Okay. And so I think you you have this kind of reputation, I think, uh, within the Winnipeg music community. Like, people know of you. They've seen you, whether it's on purpose or by accident. You've been at a show playing, and they've been kind of sucked into what it is that you're doing. Or they've been actively seeking you out. And you play a lot of uh, maybe unusual venues, and uh, you sort of seem to always be appearing when people least expect it. So I guess what has this whole last little while been like for you because you know no one's really been playing shows until very recently everyone's been kind of stuck at home like have you been able to be creative despite not having the opportunity to go out and play out yeah i mean it was uh, it was actually a huge boon okay you know when when uh was it last winter yeah last winter they said uh you know it was a virtue to not leave your house yeah yeah So for that, uh, it turned into uh, me going into my garage, literally in like minus 30, (laughs) wearing a parka. Yeah. Because my roommates don't like me to smoke cigarettes inside. So, (laughs) and then it just turned into a um, a perpetual uh, smoky tiger machine where it was just track after track after track and I couldn't stop. And I mean, Nobody was telling me to go anywhere or do anything else other than to sit in my garage. Yeah. So it was actually it was actually like it may be one of the greatest creative outputs that I've ever had. How much stuff have you actually recorded in this time? Because I know you put out a record um, on Transistor sixty six not that long ago, and then it seems like you still have kind of this constant churn of new stuff being uh, put out there. Yeah, I did two uh in the winter uh old nidge right and and the one after that was called um the one with the sword right on the cover it has oh yeah sci-fi kind of vibe yeah oh yeah the sword of the sword of omens okay okay it's a good name yeah (laughs) well you know (laughs) you catch the reference there right i'm not sure no what is the reference i probably i'm sure once you say it i'll I'll get it but 
Well, the Sword of Omens was the sword in the Thundercats. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the Sword of Omens. Omens, yes. Like Omens, Omens Creek, Creek. yes. Right. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, that, yeah. well, I don't know. I thought that was a clever... It uh, is, it is actually, yeah. Double yeah. entendre or whatever. Yeah, one well, that's got that Manitoba uh, reference, too, which you, like to, which you like to throw in there, for sure. And then, uh, yeah, and then I went uh, planting like I usually do, and then when I came back, I had another whole slew, which I just uh, finished kind of just within the past month cool and i think I'm, i think it's called corporal compliance okay and uh i mean they're all i don't know i, I don't want to toot the smoky tiger's horn but i think they're all pretty good and i think that, that 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 three album series this one that i have yet to release which is going to be i think straight to band camp within the next couple weeks cool i think it's the best it's kind of like all bangers cool, cool. <laughs> I, was, yeah, I was just like re-listening to it and uh, yeah it's it's pretty groovy man so is all of this stuff that you have that you've been working on now it, it, it's all is it all just strictly you or are you have you been actually working with other collaborators as well uh whether it's some kind of weird online situation or, or what well yeah i mean i've got like my team yeah. uh you know uh you know just kind of guest appearances megumi i don't know if you know megumi kamata i don't think so no She's, she used to be a roommate of mine. Uh, she's from Japan, and uh, she her background vocals are very unique and slightly discordant. Cool. And and uh, for the Smoky Tiger stuff, it really goes well. But, I mean, here I'd like to do a plug because her act, French Class. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've heard, I've heard the name for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I think she has the most cutting-edge act in the city. She's got all these excellent uh female artists that play along with her and then she's operating this strange machine that nobody knows exactly how it operates or what that machine is but it's so funky yeah like i came back from planting and i went to see one of her shows and me and jd ormond were there and afterwards we both admitted that french class has now superseded both of our bands oh, cool. she's better than both of us now <laughs> that's awesome it's, it's awesome to find someone like that too right that, that 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 you like that much that you can put it above your own shit for sure yeah yeah i mean you know people people say that i'm weird or something but uh megumi could i say that she's even more weird okay and it's and but it's like so funky man everybody's dancing everybody's loving it and it's awesome so she's in there and then i also have my roommate is jacob let letkeman okay yeah yeah and i think he's the best guitar player in the city yeah so it was really a, a great uh new thing where i've got him just slaying these like sick riffs like i could play guitar but i can't play guitar like this guy right. just these like sick riffs and low and stuff so so since i've got him on the mixes as well like i feel like things have been pushed to a whole other level cool well what you just mentioned earlier about uh just a few minutes ago there about about being weird i i feel like your weirdness kind of um it almost is like a smokescreen for 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 how actually well written the songs are and and how, how good the songs are because i think it's easy to pass you off as you know i mean you put on a show and the show is very eccentric and you, you got costumes and you've got, you know, maybe, uh, unusual topics you're, you're singing about and you have that, that organ with the, the pre-programmed beats and stuff in it. Right. And I think people can easily say, Oh, this is some, you know, this is some weirdo doing stuff, but 
I think it almost it almost hides the fact that that you actually obviously spend a lot of time on just crafting the the songs themselves because they're, they're they're always like deeper and catchier and more involved than I think they seem at the surface. Yeah, and I mean, what's what's that quote about magic where it's like uh, magic is just technology that people don't understand or something? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, that, and that's all it is with people who think that I'm weird. Like for me, it's just normal, right? I can't yeah. help but do it like that. And uh, if they think I'm weird, then maybe in 10 years, they'll think I'm normal or something like that. <laughs> like, right, everyone else will come around to your, your style of doing things. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. I mean, I, I just can't help doing it like that. And like... Things that people call normal, I just are I'm kind of bored by. Yeah, you know, like I just and I I just have a sense of um, this is just naturally what comes out, and I don't know if it's because of my like excessive psychedelic drug use, perhaps. I'm sure it contributes. Yeah, or maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the same thing could be said from you know. I don't want to compare myself to such a honorable and most high gentleman, but like Lee Scratch Perry, right? Totally, totally. If you yeah. if, if somebody watches Lee Scratch Perry, especially like as he graduated like into his last few decades, yeah. you can't help thinking the guy is weird. Maybe the weirdest guy that's ever been, for right? Sure. You see act. But then but, he made uh, some of the greatest music that anyone has ever made and ever will make for <laughs> despite being yeah, weird for sure. Yeah. So the, the, there's innovation, there's right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, I, do you think that this? I mean, like, do, do your does your music just sort of can you can you can you stop it from coming out? Are you one of these people who's sort of compelled to keep creating? Because it often seems like that with the quantity you're putting out sometimes. Yeah, it's exactly that, and I mean, I mean, with this last album, it, it almost became a bit of a of a burden. Okay, you know, it's like uh, I can't stop. Literally, I can't stop. It's like a it's like a, a faucet. And it's like, a, I've got, I'm like, if I block it, it's like my drain gets blocked in my kitchen and then it's yeah. going to overflow my house. This is like my consciousness. So I need to just keep draining it and keep allowing it to come through. I mean, I think I, I've told you this before. It's like, it's like an ex excretion. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> a good way to put it. It's yeah, like an yeah. excretion of my mind, like like taking a dump a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sure. Like sure. I can't, like, Mental I can't hold it in. You know, like if I hold it in, I'll go insane. Yeah. So you'd be doing this anyway. I mean, regardless of whether anyone was listening, you'd, you'd still be creating at this pace regardless, right? For sure. I mean, if people enjoy it, it's like a side product. Oh, yeah. wow. People actually enjoy this? Sweet. <laughs> but i mean it's not that's not why i'm making it like i mean i just uh, yeah if they enjoy it that's like wow a bonus yeah yeah well what do you think is i guess then then your sort of if you even do think about this at all what is your sort of role within the local music community because i i imagine you doing this 20 years from now and with little change in sort of your your output and your attitude so are you just sort of this guy who's there and is always going to be there? Or, or do you feel like you've sort of, uh, like, has Smokey Tiger as an entity sort of developed um, into something maybe bigger than it was intended to be when you started? Well, I mean, I, I hope I'm getting better, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I, I hope that my recording techniques are getting better. Um, but, I mean, like, I just made this latest song, Winnipeg Famous, and yeah. it's kind of all about that. It, it, like, I, I'd like to think that I'm kind of a rebel or kind of counterculture. And in this atmosphere of music creation, where in order to be something in music, people feel that they need to get a government grant yeah, and, yeah. and 
and and go through these gates in order to um, make it in the music industry. Uh, I am proud of uh, not even trying to go through those gates and just going straight through the to the goal line like the blue bombers throwing a pass into the end zone yeah and um every once in a while one of these touchdowns reverberates <laughs> and people like it you know and it kind of spreads out you know because i think that's what music is it's it's there's a vibration there's a frequency and that frequency transcends any type of barrier that any of the music industry or all, any of that can put on us, right? The yeah. Babylon system, right? Yeah. It, it, if sometimes I can, if I keep mining this vein of gold, one of these days, these things can't help but bursting through and hopefully people can hear it and get something from it, you know? Well, I think that's often where the best stuff, with any kind of creative uh, medium, whether it's visual art or music or writing or, or anything, it's the stuff that's not intended to sell, right? Because uh, I, I think that, you know, over doing the course of doing this podcast forever, <laughs> I talk to a lot of different kinds of artists, and, and there's often, it's kind of a one or the other. There's either someone who's really, really focused on on making it, following through all those industry doorways and, and doing everything according to the book and their outlook, you know, they're still cre as creative as someone like you who is just, just doing it, but it's a different attitude and you can sort of see that the business side of it versus the just pure art, pure creative side. And I think that I'm more drawn to what you're saying um, because I think that, yeah, I don't know how to put it. Like, I guess there is benefit obviously to trying to have a career as a professional musician, but there's also, I think a lot more kind of spiritual benefit as a person to just being able to just barf it all out there and do it your way without having to follow those guidelines. Yeah, and we're really strange times, yeah, right? Sure. Like there, there, there were times when the music that was good was the same as the music that was popular. Sure. But nowadays, I don't think it's really like that. There, there's they've again, it's the Babylon. I mean, I can't help saying it's there's the Babylon system has put these limitations on it and everything yeah. and and if you're you know part of it is that they made it so that musicians can't really make money anymore you no. can't sell records anymore even you can't like you know um putting on shows doesn't you you can't really make an income and survive off these things unless you get clearance by the government totally right? totally <laughs> Okay. So that's uh, that's going to put a limitation on your creativity necessarily, right? For sure. Spectacular. 
Joyce's in the mastery of the English language like that other guy. What's his name? James Joyce. Who's an eloquent dude with reviews of Winnipeg music? Who's that highly educated guy who bestows Schmoller's prize? So you have this uh, this new record that's coming out. Is it coming out on Transistor as well, or is this a self-released thing? Well, yeah, this brings me to this very unusual point. Okay. Dude, do you know who Steve Schmolaris is? No, I wish I did. <laughs> Are you Steve Schmolaris? I'm, I'm not. People have asked me that before. I wish I was. I mean, I, it's like the mystery. I, I, the guy writes awesome stuff, but I don't know who it is. I mean, that's the thing. I... People thought, no, people don't think I'm Steve Schmolaris because my vocabulary is enough. <laughs> I know a lot of people who I thought they were Steve Schmolaris and they weren't. Yeah. Nobody knows who Steve Schmolaris is. And I mean, I kind of got a little bit obsessed about this because yeah. this fellow, if it is a fellow, their writing is a class unto itself. It's unbelievable. And it's unbelievable their devotion to Winnipeg music. Yeah. Literally, I don't know how they know that this stuff gets released, but this yeah, they're guy's... On it. They're on it always. Like, it'll be like a day after. Every and single a... time. And it's like the writing is... You know, I asked Steve Schmolaris to write me a bio. Yeah. And 15 minutes later, he gave me this bio that was like... The only thing I can compare it to is James Joyce. It's an absolute mastery of the English language. And somehow it's just like a fountainhead just flowing out of him. Yeah. So anyway, like that's that how it comes to the release is that um, 
the Schmoleris Prize is being announced uh, later this month. And right. so with Transistor, it, 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 it is kind of a process to get it onto, uh, you know, iTunes and all that stuff. So I think I'm going to fast track it through Bandcamp just to have this album included in the shortlist for, cool. for the cool. Schmoleris Prize. But yeah, that's one of those. That's another guy, or if it's a guy, right, a person who who comes across as maybe kind of weird, but is doing something really cool and and and, and like legitimately worthwhile as a creative uh, like endeavor. There's a lot of us, a lot, a lot of weirdos completely here. selfless. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, and and all these like I don't need, I don't know half of the people that he's reviewing. Right, every single thing that comes out, and it doesn't matter what the genre, punk you know experimental music yeah. and, and also the mainstream stuff like mike ehrenberg and all this stuff right like it all comes through him and the stuff that he writes about it is amazing yeah. you know i don't know another word to so i'm kind of trying to win the schmoller's prize just for my own just for the smoky tiger's own uh mojo uh you know benefit <laughs> it seems like you'd be a fitting fitting winner of it too right i mean and i think that I can't imagine that prize going to someone who is sort of like you said, mainstream, right? It just seems unlikely that uh, based on the writing and the type of stuff that, that Schmoleris seems to appreciate it's, uh, but who knows? I, I don't know who it is. So. Yeah. And I mean, when I found out, like I kind of started uh, buttering up Steve Schmoleris, like big time. I wrote a whole song about Steve Schmoleris, made a video about it, you know, just cause Wow just because I'm so impressed with this person and what they're doing yeah. and they deserve props. And, um, yeah, that's why I'm releasing it just in time to, and, and they're, they're on the Shmerler short list. It's going to be the three albums as a triad oh, cool. for this year. Cool. Yeah, cool. So. Are, are the three albums connected in any way other than the fact that they're just albums you released during this, this weird period? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's definitely like some sort of, um evolution i mean the first one was called old nidge yeah so it was kind of like and a lot of it was kind of like sad like uh reflecting on old things and like feeling sad and and like um um almost like confessional okay and then um the next one uh about the sword of omens was kind of like a step beyond that and then this one is just complete freedom and just like bangers cool, cool. <laughs> I, I can't i don't know how to express it I, I, I hope you check it out because you know you you hate to be a musician who makes songs where other people feel like they're doing you a favor by even listening to it right yeah yeah, yeah. but these ones i swear to gosh that when people listen to it it's going to make them vibe. It's going to make them laugh. And it's like, it's, it's, it's a benefit to the world. That's what I hope. You know, it's not like a, some kind of vacuum where I'm trying to draw people's energy in. <laughs> I'm trying to give back to the world and it, and it's humor too. And, yeah. and I mean, that's where like, again, Norm Macdonald who died just now, like Lee Scratch Prey and Norm Macdonald together, like, man, last year, everyone, all these old fogies were dying. Everyone's like, Oh no, not another one. You know, yeah. But those two dudes, those are like my in my Mount Rushmore. Oh, totally, like totally. Me too. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and that's the thing. Like when I make music, I, a huge part of it is comedy, is humor, lightheartedness, right? Yeah. And um, 
you know, I'm I'm more I'm grieving Norm Macdonald big time. Yeah, it's a rough one. That was an unexpectedly rough one. I mean, at least with with Scratch, he was he was pretty old already, so it was not that much of a shocker. But yeah, Norm was a weird one, and then that's someone who who definitely took his art to an extreme of of really not caring what other people thought about him and exactly. just doing exactly what was in his in his personal way of, of delivering it. Like he didn't give a shit. Yeah, buddy. And that that's the thing. He he's irreverent. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. care about those things that everybody's placing on this holier than vow thing you can't touch. Yeah. He was one of these guys who yeah, he doesn't and that's why he will be remembered because uh he just went for it. Like Richard Pryor or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. I got no time to shower.
So how do you sort of transition then from spending all this time locked away in there and, you know, smoking cigarettes and recording music to, to now, you know, potentially being able to go back and start playing shows again? Like, do you, are you like itching to do that? Or you actually sort of become comfortable in this, this, this recording setup? Yeah. That's very interesting because, you know, like I played uh, Gentle Fest, which was really awesome. And then um, I was lined up at Tiny Fest and then I got booted because uh, I'm I'm not right away uh, got my vaccination passport. Okay. Okay. So that weekend at Tiny Fest, there was a huge, I don't know if not many, many people know this, but there's a huge solar storm that weekend. And so everybody inside the festival had the time of their lives it seems right but i went out there and was camped out <laughs> i was camped outside of the festival in riding mountain and i had like um actually a, a massive almost like a a mental breakdown really you know about the whole covid thing and like just about everything and um now that i've come out the other side of it you know and i'm on my way to getting the full vaccine and all that uh it's interesting trying to see what's going to happen in the winnipeg music scene now because it's, it, you know, the best case scenario is that it's like a rebirth mm-hmm. where there's all these events, like, no, what are the venues now? Right. Like some, some venues went under some, some new, like the funniest thing is that the Albert all of a sudden is like, Oh, here's the Albert again out of nowhere. Right. The yeah. Albert's this big venue. They're like cranking out the new shows. Right. And yeah, it, it remains to be seen. Like, come, uh, I think that come, yeah, like November, December, I'm going to be booking a tons of shows because it kind of feels that way. In the best case scenario, that people are hungry. People are going to be hungry for for shows. Yeah, people will be hungry for that music, and they'll just keep coming to the shows. Like in the olden days, Smokey Tiger could play a show a month, right? You can't overdo it in Winnipeg. People get sick of it, right? But now maybe it's going to be different. Like I can just crank a whole bunch of live shows out and that's what i'm really hoping for well and i guess there's this uh i've always hoped throughout this whole covid thing that like there'll be like you said a bit of a reset where maybe everyone's kind of at the same level again too so you're not going to have these bands that are just expected to play every week or to expected to headline all the good shows because sort of everyone's clamoring for shows and, and people are, are are dying to hear something so i, I think it's not going to matter as much i think people will be willing to see anyone and i think that might sh- hopefully will shuffle sort of the, the the deck of how the scene is sort of uh ha- had been viewed up to this point hopefully yeah it could be like you know like war is over kind of yeah. stuff and then like wow this huge explosion and then just people are just flooding the streets flooding the venues and that's what i'm hoping for i hope so too yeah yeah so do you have anything sort of arranged for the the relatively near future or is that all sort of to come down the road I think this is enough, man. I, I, did, I did like three albums this that year. Is a lot, yeah. People yeah. actually listen through those albums. There's a lot of really good stuff on there. And I mean, it's all new. Like the, I did a few covers. Like we're looking at like 40 tracks or something. Of, like that, right. Music. So, um, I mean, that's kind of the next step is like, yo, I want to kind of take a step back from the recording in my cave here and then go back to that live stuff and actually kind of learn, like relearn those songs that yeah. I just made and then be able to perform them in a live setting. And um, I'm excited for that, yeah, because, um, yeah, I mean, all this introspection and stuff like that is good for, for a while, but if, if, if we've come to a point where, 
where we can just have free reign and play shows ago again i'm really looking forward to reforming a band for sure and kind of you know the whole thing was kind of whirlwind i just made all these tracks and i mean i can't even remember half the tracks that i made <laughs> so uh <laughs> yeah seriously like i need to re listen to the albums myself just to remember what i made so a lot of those songs um if I kind of dig back into them with the, with, you know, the Manitou bandits, like my buddies there, yeah. I think that we have a lot of material that we could do live shows for a while and be really content. Is it going to be hard to slow down the pace again now that you've sort of been in this routine of just creating, creating, creating? Well, it's that, I mean, like you, you, you know, I make them in my cave and then, um, you know, it's like um, it's like the pool of the black star, right? Yeah. It's like an abyss from which all of this creative energy comes. And so I've been mining that, like drinking from the pool of the black star, right? And then uh, now to be able to go in front of live audiences with a band and then sing those lyrics and sing those songs for people and have them listen yeah. is um, going to be really, really rewarding. So how do people find you now? I mean, what's the best way to, uh, like you said, you've, you've got these three albums that you've, you've done over this period. You're obviously, you have a lot of music out there even before that. What's the best way for someone to track down the Smokey Tiger and, and find out, uh, and hear, I guess, hear what you've been working on and your back catalog as well? Well, I mean, uh, a while back, I kind of, like, as soon as the time came when, uh, when music had no value anymore, where you couldn't sell CDs or compact discs, or or you couldn't really like the, the 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 just the audio wasn't enough yeah i kind of got really settled into this concept of every song needs a video and so for all of these past three albums i've got videos that go along with the songs and the and the techniques that i've gone into of um creating videos uh, i feel now is kind of an equal artistic endeavor to the recording process itself. So yeah. the visual and the audio are tied together. So, I mean, I'd love for people to, um, you know, like, subscribe, uh, and join my uh, YouTube channel. On the YouTube channel, yep. that's where the good stuff is. Yeah, like if you, if you can watch it and hear it at the same time, I think that's going to give you like the ultimate Smokey Tiger experience. <laughs> Imagine a world in which you see numbers and letters as colored, even though they're printed in black. In which music or voices trigger a swirl of moving colored shapes. In which words and names fill your mouth with unusual flavors. Welcome to Synesthesia.
When you're when you're writing the songs, do you do you have a visual in mind? In some cases, like you, you do you have like images that sort of come up when you're when you're playing it when you're writing it, and, and that does that make it easier to put into video form, or is it a completely different mental process? The the process is the same, but I, I'm it's not as I'm making the audio, but it's uh, like I I went to art school, and um, in art school, like it was just painting, right? Yeah. And with painting, um, what I also what I got into was collage, right? And collage is a lot like um, sampling. Sure, sure. So then music I sample, and then when I went into video, it's the same aesthetic as sampling. Uh, like I'll I'll be on YouTube and then I'll find some kind of weird old video or something, and then it's tying that old video to the audio, and that's the kind of overall aesthetic that I'm doing is this kind of collage, like just to, like often I'll make a song and then instead of recording me play it, I will have like Neil Young's yeah. <laughs> singing Harvest Moon, but instead it's my song. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's funny also. <laughs> it is, it is, yeah, for sure, for sure. So is that sort of the plan going forward too, to make, keep making the visuals to, to accompany every song? Totally, yeah. I mean, if, if, if I have a song that's good enough, I'm going to make a video for it. And because uh, let's face it, like people are not going to really listen to the just the song. You know, like maybe they'll buy your album, but first they need to have this thing on the internet. Nobody's going to go on the internet and just listen to your song. They need that video thing that ties it to it, right? Yeah. That's just the day and age that we're living in now. So You need to make it not just background music. There's got to be something to 
get their full attention because everyone's attention spans are so rapidly uh, <laughs> er- eroding at this point. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I think that my, these weird new techniques that I have also uh, tie into that attention span thing. Like some people, I, I send, sometimes I send my video to some old, older people. And when they listen to it, they either can't listen to it or they can't watch it because it's like, <laughs> it's like, too many flickering like yeah like uh it's going too fast or whatever but um and it's maybe the intoxicating uh alchemic uh intoxicants that i'm consuming <laughs> while i'm creating these things that right. make me kind of also do that <laughs> thing, but uh i'm hooked on it yeah i like it so very cool hopefully other people like it too Day comes when we die. 